Because it's love, right? Mm-hmm. It's unconditional love mm-hmm. that, that we long for that isn't something we earn or something that, that we can gain or give or lose. It's, it's the gift of God. And it's really, I couldn't love him. It's the son, right? I couldn't be a father till I could be a son. But it really what it was is I couldn't love him the way he needed to be loved until I received love. Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. This is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where we encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers, dads that prioritize physical presence or engage emotionally and lead spiritually by example. That's easily said, not always easily done. And uh, in the studio here uh, this afternoon, we have uh, Rick Torreson with us to uh, just share some of his journey. And uh, you know, we all uh, tend to father like we were fathered. But when there wasn't a father in the picture, what do you what do you do, Rick? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. Let me know when you figure it out. I'm still I'm still trying to understand. I was told you were the guy with all the answers. Oh my gosh. You know, it's interesting. Just so my story, real quickly about that process, was um, my mom. Actually, I was the fourth child Hmm. back in the '60s. I'm 56, and she had two abortions in the early '60s. She gave the third up for adoption, and then she finally decided, when I came along, she got pregnant again to keep me. When she chose to keep me, the, the story she was sharing with me, the, the man who was my birth father um, ended up not being able to hang out. He couldn't stay. He didn't want to stay. I don't know the whole story except that he ended up leaving, and she ended up spending six months in California basically living on the streets because she couldn't come home to Illinois. Her father, who was actually her adopted father, she adoption is through our genealogy. I didn't understand. I didn't know this, but uh, she couldn't come home because in the '60s you if you weren't pregnant without a child without you know being married, mm-hmm. and so her 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 father didn't know, but she wanted to bring me home, so she had to lie to him. She told her mom because he was dying of cancer, so she brought me home uh, to see him before he passed, and then she stayed there with my grand. So I was raised by my mother and my grandmother and my uncle. Again, 60s. My uncle was a hippie. He was the closest thing to a father I knew, though. He loved me. He coached my baseball teams. But but I'll just say all the hippie life was in our world in the early 60s, early <laughs> 70s, okay? But I never not felt loved by my mom or my uncle or my grand. But I didn't really have a typical family back then. There was a picture of a man who I displaced as being my father, who was in the military. And that's what I would tell my friends, Mm, right? That this was my dad. Mm, mm. So fast forward in my journey, uh, my mom gets married when I'm 10 years old. Great man. They they stayed married to my mom, passed a cancer about 10 years ago. And he had two kids from a previous marriage. One of them came to live with us. And then they had a child Mm. in that process. So I have a younger brother who's about 10 years older or 10 years younger. So the his, hers, and ours were in that home for, for a few years. But he was present, and I love him. He's a great man. He was there for my mom, but it was a different relationship. He he, he was present, but not nurturing per se. Mm. Um, and so I still was kind of raised on my own. I was I tell people I was a latchkey kid before there were latchkeys because he worked, she worked. I'd come home from school at nine, ten, eleven years old and have to fend for myself. So then I go through life in the process, and I chase a girl to Texas from Illinois. We end up getting married. Uh, we've been married for 30 years. But in that process, we wanted to have kids. And in that process of wanting to have kids, we found out we couldn't. So in, as we talked before, we ended up adopting from mm-hmm. birth. Mm-hmm. 
So now I'm scared to death. I'm having children, adopted children. So there's a lot of other things that you don't know what's coming with that. But we trusted the Lord. He said, adopt. We just went headlong into it and great stories of how we adopted. But I discovered quickly I had no grid or paradigm of what it meant to be a father. Mm -hmm. I had no um, thing that, you know, I talk about, you talk about this in the first 10 years when we're really imprinting on our kids. Well, the first 10 years of my life, the imprinting that was done in my life was of a mother and a grandmother and an uncle who actually died it was killed in a car accident during that time period. And so as I'm reaching in my Rolodex to go, what does it mean to be a dad? I had no idea. No dad. Hmm. And so I knew I would love. I would love unconditionally. But I, I struggled. I had anger issues. I was frustrated. I, because at a very early age, I had to fend for myself. Mm-hmm. So when my kids weren't able to do the same thing, I thought, well, what's wrong with you? Why can't you just get up and take care of yourself? Why can't you clean the bedroom? Why can't you make your own breakfast? Why, you know, th- all of these things inside me that I didn't realize were there were coming out. Mm-hmm. And I, I was really wrestling. And my son and my daughter through adoption were wrestling with their identity. They knew they were adopted. Um, so, so there's all of this tension, right, that we're trying to figure out in the first 10 years of their life. And my son hit a wall. And so I'm, this is really the heart of what I, wanted, I would want to share is he hit a wall. He became very angry at himself wasn't drugs, wasn't outside relationship. It was an internal wrestling of his own identity. Sure. And I was trying to love him and trying to help him, but I realized I didn't even have my own identity figured out. And so I couldn't give him what I didn't have. I didn't know it at the time. Suicide became some things he was contemplating, and he was wrestling with different just seasons in about a seven-year window. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in that window, we saw something shift in his internal anger that we thought, you know, this isn't just a cry for help. He's really contemplating what would that look out, look like. We didn't know what to do. We knew we needed to interrupt the pattern of his life. And so we ended up going to a ministry in Kansas City and just to get away. We said, I'm going to go. You guys stay here. We just need some help, some ministry. Help us figure this out. I thought I was taking him there for him. Mm-hmm. During that time period, the three months, he would curse me every night as we went to sleep. Um, it was just a war that was raging between us. And as we were ministering, I was crying out to God for my son. God wanted to do a work in me. Mm. And I was in a ministry night and some, some men, I was gathered around some men. And I was just, my arms were out and I was crying out, God, help my son, heal my son, restore my son, help us in this process. And a man came, my eyes were closed, and a man came up to me. Actually a man that I'd been wanting to talk to but hadn't gotten to. And he put his hand on my chest, my eyes were closed, and his hand on my back. And I remember he said this in a very stern, aggressive, but fatherly voice. He said, do you not know how much I love you? Do you not know I created you? Do you not know that I knit you together in your mother's room? He's saying this to me. And when he said that, my knees buckled. And I was like, time out. This is for my son. What's (laughs) happening? I get overwhelmed when I think about it. Mm, Sure, yeah. And so we went through this little ministry time where he was just speaking words of affirmation and a father's heart over my heart. And I didn't realize that what I was missing, I couldn't be a father because I didn't know how to be a son. In that encounter, God was saying to me, do you not know how much I love you? Do you not know how much I care for you and I created for you? And that love that I'm pouring out on you is the love that I have for your son. Mm-hmm. And you've never asked me how I see your son. 
you've just seen the brokenness and the pain that he's going through. Right, right. And he right. said one more thing to me. The Lord really impressed this on my heart. And he said it to me, and that shifted everything for my son. Because the hardest for my son and our relationship was yet to come, and I didn't know it. And he said this to me. He said, I want you to know that there is nothing you will ever do to cause me to love you more than I do today. And then he said, and there's nothing you will ever do to cause me to love you less than I do today. He said, the full measure of my love is yours, and it's not dependent upon you. Amen. And that's what the Lord said to me. And then when he said that to me, and I just just wept for days, I was just like undone. Mm -hmm. I was able to look at my son and say that same thing to him. Because we were wrestling. He was feeling my frustration. I had given up ministry. I had let go of the church. I sold three businesses because my wife was really the provider financially. And so our house was a little bit different. And we knew when I had to step in that one of us was going to have to step in for my son. And we prayed and said, the Lord said, Rick, it's you. And so I stepped in and let go of everything to help my son through this hard time while my wife worked. And and I was bitter and I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. I was frustrated and angry with him and I didn't know it. It was all about me. His pain was now about me. Look what your pain is causing me. Right, right. And God just flipped that. When he flipped it, I was able to look at my son completely differently. And I was able to receive the love of a father so that I could be a father to my son in his hard times, which were yet to come and I didn't know. If that wouldn't have happened, I don't know if we would have made it through the really the hardest times for him, which were six months away from that moment. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of men out there, uh, Rick, that have not received the blessing yeah. of the Father or even know that they have a Heavenly Father, right? It's Romans eight fifteen that yes. says that we were not given the spirit to be slave again to fear, but the spirit of sonship. And by Him, we can cry, Abba, Father. Yes. And and He says, we're all adopted into the, yeah. our Father's family. We're adopted. We're heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus yes. Christ. You know, So I, my encouragement to men out there that are listening yeah. is that just hear this message loud and clear. Both Rick and I yeah. are, are the in it. Rick squared show here. Uh, this, yeah. Neither of us had a father in our lives that, that blessed us, that recognized yeah. us as their sons whom they love, with whom they're well pleased. Yes. But as uh, sons of our heavenly father, yeah. we can claim that baptism where Jesus came out of the water in uh, Matthew uh, 3, that uh, he came out of the water and his father said what? This is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. And every man can embrace that by yes. going to the Gospel of Mark, uh, or Gospel of Matthew in chapter 3, go on and read chapter 4, how he equipped him to, uh, uh, to pull the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit against the devil. That's what we need as yeah. sons to be empowered so by the Word of God and uh, go to battle because you know what you said, Rick, is absolutely right. We cannot be a father until we're a son. And we can't be a son until we embrace either we have uh, some have been blessed with an earthly father that indeed blessed them as uh, in in, as the intermediary uh, between the heavenly father. That's our job as dads. It is always to be pointing to the perfect father because we're going to fall short. Uh, which, uh, with that, that's uh, a good opportunity to plug the uh, the Kendrick Brothers' new film called yeah. Show Me the Father. Uh, it's a documentary mm-hmm. on fathering that absolutely looks at several scenarios of fathering. Uh, adoptive father, abusive father, mm-hmm. uh, absent father, father didn't know he was a father. But it's all pointing yeah. to the Heavenly Father, the perfect father. Yeah. 
that uh, indeed empowers us to so be true. the son we need to be. So how, how did your son respond? How, how did that uh, empower your well, relationship from that it, point? You know, that was a hard time for him. So he was not at the end of his deal yet. Right. What it did, that moment gave me the courage and the strength that no matter what was going to come, it wasn't about me anymore. God flipped the switch and said, it isn't, it isn't about you. It's about what's going on in him. And I need you to be able to stand for him in the midst of what's coming. And I didn't know it was coming. And it was suicide. It was a boarding school. It was, it was just so much pain that was coming up in him that he did not know what to do with and how to process. That encounter gave me the strength to keep saying to him, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. Because there was, there was cursing and, and yelling and anger and frustration and not wanting to live, not wanting us as parents. All the things that he was raging with inside of him, it allowed me to be anchored in next to him the entire way and say, it's okay. I love you. you. you you're not hurting me. It's not, I get it. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was, because it's love, right? Mm-hmm. It's unconditional love. Mm-hmm. That, that we long for, that isn't something we earn or something that, that we can gain or give or lose. It's, it's the gift of God. And it's really, I couldn't love him. It's the son, right? I couldn't be a father till I could be a son. But it really what it was is I couldn't love him the way he needed to be loved until I received love, until I allowed love, the father, to love me right. in my broken mess. Mm-hmm just as I was. Right. So that way, no matter what happened with my son. And we're still, re- I mean, he's going through stuff. He's still becoming, but he is, he understands that and he's still working through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're in a much, I just, like I said, I just had a conversation with him today about that very thing. Mm. I said that too. I looked him in the eyes today and I said, do you remember what I told you when you were, you know, 12 years old mm-hmm. about love mm-hmm. and about the father? He said, Cody, I said, I'm, I'm going to fail you. Doing my best. Yeah, well, I'm not going anywhere. That's uh, that's the word to dance. Uh, that you talk about your uh, consistency, that uh, physical presence, yes, being there beside absolutely. him, taking the time to be there, and then the, obviously the emotional engagement that uh, yeah. that the Lord showed up in such a powerful way, and now you're spiritually leading, spiritually leading, because it isn't natural to love in this kind of a circumstance. Yeah. It's the heavenly Father loving through you yeah. that He sees and that He'll catch. Absolutely. So that's uh, that's yeah. my encouragement. As we you know, the yeah. next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, dealing with the older kids, but uh, it sounds like you've had quite a journey up into the teen years. And yeah. uh, uh, But what a, what a blessing to have that opportunity to uh, connect with your Heavenly Father yes. and to provide that connection to your son. Yes, so, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you for the opportunity. Well, Dad, so again, that's encouragement. Uh, uh, turn to the Father. If uh, you have not been blessed by your Father, go read uh, Romans uh, 8.15 and, uh, and uh, back it up strongly. Be that son uh, yeah. that, and call out Abba Father to claim the blessing yeah. from Matthew and, and the transfiguration both. We can claim those blessings as sons of the Heavenly Father, as heirs of our Father, and co-heirs with Jesus the Christ. There's nothing we can do to lose it. Yeah, nothing we I mean, can do to lose it's it. Ours. It's it's he's given it to us without condition. It's so powerful. And Thank we're you. supposed to unconditionally love as well, yeah. but we can only do it again yeah. by by the grace so of our heavenly Father. So, yeah. dads, uh, keep pushing forward. Keep uh, looking to the to the heavenly Father to fill that gap, whatever gap there is in your life, and love as He loves. That's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. 
God bless. Godspeed. Yes.